0: The reading is taken from Isaiah 43 verses 1 to 7. But now, this is what the Lord says, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honoured in my sight, and because I love you, I will give men in exchange for you, and people in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east, and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar, and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made.
1: Hello. It's lovely to be able to speak to you this morning. I'm really pleased that I can share with you this wonderful passage in Isaiah. The verses are so rich, so full of the goodness and the grace of God, they speak to us about his love, his compassion and his faithfulness, even during the most challenging of times. As part of our series of Living Life on the Frontline, we're thinking about how we can make a difference for Christ in the places that we find ourselves day to day. This week, we explore the theme of overcoming fear on our frontlines, We're going to consider how the promises in these verses can encourage us to live confidently as followers of Christ and how we can rely on God's strength in every situation. First, a bit about Isaiah. Isaiah is one of the key prophets in the history of Israel. His book tells us about God's plan to redeem his people, to restore them to a right relationship with him. A message not just for that point in history, but for all future generations. Isaiah's message is one of God's salvation, his saving love for us. It tells us of God's mercy, his grace, and our restoration through the Messiah. It contains wonderful passages that prophesy Jesus and the transforming hope that he brings. So in this passage, Isaiah is speaking into a time of transition for the people of God. Jerusalem is in ruins, the temple destroyed. Living in exile in Babylon, they're grappling with a new reality. They've been forced to let go of the way life used to be, to let go of all the things they knew, forced to adapt to a different culture. In the uncertainty of this time of change, It was difficult for them to see how they could be the people of God when everything they knew had been removed. In their fear, they needed to be sure that God was faithful, that he really was a God who could help, who would rescue his people and who would not abandon them. It raised questions for them about what the future might hold and how they could hold on to hope. I wonder, do you have any sense of how they might have felt? And we are also in a time of transition. The last few months have called into question all of the certainties we thought we knew. We've had to adapt to a new reality. The way of life that we knew, the structures and routines that were familiar to us, the support networks that we had in place. Alongside dealing with the effects of coronavirus, we've also been confronted with huge questions of justice and inequality. How should we act in response to those? There seems to be a cultural shift that is shaking us in our communities, as a nation and across the world. At times it can feel overwhelming. How do we respond as Christians? What should our response be when we're faced with these changing situations that cause us to be anxious or fearful? The opening verse of this passage gives us this wonderful word of God. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, you are mine. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, you are mine. Other translations say, I have called you by name, you are mine. I think there's something remarkable about that fact. The God of all creation knows my name. Names are just so important, aren't they? They form such an essential part of our identity. But when I think about my interactions during the week, I realise that in many situations, I don't actually get called by my name. At home, I'm Mum. At work, I'm Miss. Although sometimes I do get called Sir. And sometimes, occasionally, Mum. So when someone does say my name, it catches my attention. I'm reminded again of my identity. This verse reminds us that we have an identity that cannot be taken from us. God the Father calls us by name. In verse 4, we are called precious, honoured, loved. Through Jesus, we have been redeemed, restored to right relationship with him. He calls us his children. Today, I want you to hear these words. God has called you by name. His love for you is personal. Perhaps you're hearing that for the first time today, or maybe you just needed to hear it again. God, just catching your attention. Know that you are loved. I think we sometimes find ourselves in places where we feel unvalued. Maybe in your workplace you feel that no one notices you, all the work that you do. You feel overlooked. Maybe even in your own family you feel taken for granted. Know that God notices you. You are a precious child of God, chosen for a purpose. Knowing that we're loved, valued and chosen by God allows us to have a different perspective on the situations that we face. Think for a moment. What is it that is causing you to be anxious at this time? Perhaps it's the speed at which the country is opening up. Just the thought of leaving the house or going to the shop brings anxiety. Perhaps your anxiety is around your place of work. The threat of job losses is very real, and with that, financial pressures and uncertainty. Perhaps it's fear about your health, or the health of someone you love around us, in our family, our neighbourhoods, and our workplaces, many, many people are experiencing those same fears. What should be our response? How can you show to others around you that knowing you are a loved and precious child of God makes a real difference? On the front lines of our day-to-day life, in our family, our neighbourhood, and our workplace, are we people who reflect the love of God? through our words and actions and the way we treat others? Do we bring his peace into situations where others feel overwhelmed? Well, God knows that we have a human tendency to worry. Throughout the Bible, time and again, we hear those words, do not fear. And with them comes the promise that God himself will be with us. Here are a couple of verses, but there are so many more that I could have chosen. Slightly earlier in Isaiah 41, verse 10, we have these words. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. In Joshua 1, 9, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And the verse in today's passage When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. So when we pass through waters, God is there. When we walk through fire, God is there. Taking us by the hand, leading us, guiding us. An ever-present comfort and reassurance. I doubt we will literally be passing through water or fire, but I guess for most of us, we will be faced with times of extreme challenge, of situations that threaten to overwhelm us or consume us. In these verses, we have a wonderful promise that we are never alone. We do not have to be overcome by fear when we draw on God's strength. Do you know that expression, easier said than done? I think this is a similar sort of thing. We can hear the words in these verses, but they can be much harder to live out in practice. Sometimes we can know the truth of these promises in our head, but somehow our own negative thoughts, our fear and anxiety just have such a strong grip on our emotions that they can be difficult to shake off. We want to trust God and live in the freedom that his presence offers, but we are held captive by our fear. What can we do to overcome these fears and learn to rely more fully on God? I'm going to try and offer a few practical ways that we can take the words of those verses and make them true in our lives. Firstly, immerse yourself in the words of the Bible. Read the promises of God like some of those verses we've looked at already today, and read them prayerfully, regularly, maybe even speak them out loud. Soak yourself in the life-giving truths that they contain. Declare them as truths in your life. Allow the words to become so familiar that they drown out any of the negative voices of fear, anxiety, and worry. As it says in the book of Hebrews, the word of God is living and active, It has the power to transform us, to change our thoughts and our attitudes. Secondly, recall the times when you know that God has helped you overcome fear in the past. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. The same God that sustained you before will continue to do so. If you are struggling with anxious thoughts, Perhaps you could begin to keep a journal of the times when you really sense the presence of God, when you recognise his faithful protection and guiding. Those times when he has given you his peace, even in the midst of the storms around you. Seeing those encounters and experiences of God written down gives a concrete reminder of his faithfulness. The more you see God's promises being fulfilled in your life, then the easier it becomes to trust him in the hard times. Thirdly, remember to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. When our focus is on him, we are able to have a different perspective on our own situation. When we take our eyes off the troubles of this world and look to Jesus, then we can begin to live in his strength. There is no doubt that the circumstances we face in life are real, and they can be extremely challenging. But as we sang in the song earlier, Our God is greater. Do you believe that? He is with us and for us and greater than any challenge. We can fully rely on his strength and his power. And take time to be still. In Psalm 46 it says, be still and know that I am God. This follows immediately from verses that speak of the mountains shaking and falling, the seas roaring and rushing, the nations in uproar. Even though everything around us is in turmoil and confusion, even though it feels like everything is changing, God's answer to the chaos of this life is to find a stillness in him. A stillness that finds us in a place of security. Be purposeful in finding time to spend in stillness with God. Be quiet before him and let his still, small voice of calm speak into your life, calming the fear and bringing peace and hope. As we look ahead to what the coming days, weeks and months may hold, you may have a sense of excitement about all the opportunities that they will bring. Maybe you're not feeling quite so positive. God, who has called us by name, calls each one of us for a purpose. Take time to discover what God is calling you to in this new season. It may be a new area of service or a change of job. It may be that you begin a conversation with a neighbour or perhaps take on a new initiative. Like Jane, who spoke earlier about the food bank collections in Dickens Heath, be alert to the needs of the people in your community or the person who sits near you at work. Be attentive to hear what God is saying to you and be ready to step out in faith when he calls you. In 2 Timothy 1.7 it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Think about what may be holding you back from following whatever God has called you to do. Is it the fear of speaking to others? The fear of looking foolish? The fear of rejection? The fear of not having the right skills? We should not allow those things to govern our decisions. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. When we do his work, we have all of his power at work in us. Through the Holy Spirit, he equips us with all that we need. In our weakness, He makes us strong. He also gives us the spirit of love that enables us to serve others in a Christ-like way. Fear will only hold us back from using all of the gifts that God has given us. Instead, we can be equipped with his power and his love so that we serve others and build his kingdom on whatever front line we find ourselves. In this time of transition, God is also calling us, as the church community, to new things. Can we see the opportunity for exploring a new way to be the church? A new way to share the good news of God's love and hope in our community, rather than just automatically returning to how things have been in the past? Can we be creative in the ways that we engage with those on the edge of faith? What about the possibility of continuing to provide an online presence for those who have found a place to belong during this time. There is so much potential. It will take courage. Change can be difficult. Are we willing to embrace the changes? Don't let fear hold us back from declaring the good news of Jesus to those who need to hear it. In closing, as you journey into the uncertainty of the days and weeks ahead, Stand on his promises. God is good, even when people, events and circumstances are not. God is powerful, bigger than the biggest threat, crisis or uncertainty. God is near, even when he feels far. God is in control, even when life seems to be spinning out of control. Remember that you are a precious and loved child of God. Be attentive to hear the plans and purpose he has for you. Step out in faith and know that God will go before you and equip you with all that you need. Some words from commentator David Guzik as we finish. Knowing that we belong to the Lord is a wonderful answer to fear. We can know that he holds us, protects us, guards us and care for us. We can know that he would not have created, redeemed us and called us unless he intended to finish his work in us. How can we be afraid when we know this God is for us?